You're a swimmer, a cyclist, a runner. You're a triathlete. You're a conqueror of the multi-sport mentality. You seek greatness in your everyday life. But as an age grouper, your forte is the physical fitness that you strive for. Endurance is your middle name. You're listening to the Age Grouper for Life podcast, the ultimate source for living the triathlon lifestyle. Colin and Elliot will discuss the most optimal training techniques to get you where you want to be mentally and physically so you're ready to bring it. You can do it. Ready to bring it? Welcoming your host, Peak Triathlon and USAT certified coaches, Colin Cook and Elliot Kawaoka. Hello, everybody. How you doing? This is Colin Cook along with... This is Elliot Kawaoka. And this is Age Grouper for Life, Episode 7. Um, so before we get to our guest for this one here, um, we're going to talk about Elliot's racing and maybe my lack thereof racing real quick here. So um, Elliot just raced his second Ironman in a month, right? Yep, um, exactly four weeks apart from each other. Strongly recommended, right? Yep. <laughs> I did it just for you, buddy. I tried it. <laughs> yeah, you did. I appreciate that. But no, so Ironman uh, Coeur d'Alene that yep. Elliot did for the second time, right? What year did you do it first? Uh, 2010. So that was my second Ironman. That's right. So this was uh, my 10th one, actually. So I'm catching up with you as far as my Ironman count. There we go. All right. Well, I think you're going to surpass me if you keep going. We'll see. <laughs> um, but uh, so, unfortunately, didn't have the day you're looking for, huh? Yep. Uh, let's let's hear a little more about it. Yeah, so, I mean, I kind of went into it as an experiment. I mean, I really didn't know how my body was going to respond um, from Canada. Um, because, I mean, Canada, I pretty much gave that race my all. I mean, I ended up in the medical tent for a couple hours so um i think i underestimated how long it, it it would take my body to recover from or fully recover from um such a pounding um especially just giving it almost my just everything i had in canada so yeah. um i felt okay going into Coeur d'Alene, but um yeah i mean <laughs> midway through the bike it just kind of caught up with me and I just felt just really really tired and my legs were just got heavier um I mean this is probably the it was probably like the earliest um fatigue ever set in for an Ironman so it was turned into be a pretty long day yeah so when did you feel like oh boy I'm I'm not doing too well um probably um 70 miles into the bike yeah. I mean really focused on my nutrition, my hydration this race because I knew it was going to be hot. So, I mean, I think I nailed that down, but well, I mean, another another awesome swim, huh? Sub one hour yep. again. Third race in a row. That's pretty so badass for a... So I guess I don't need to work on my swim anymore at least. Uh, I wish I could say <laughs> the same. <laughs> um, but uh yeah, you definitely got that going for you, man. That's pretty cool. 
Yeah. Um, all right, so sorry. So then back, so you start hitting the wall, mile 70-ish, yeah? Yep. Uh, legs just got really tired, and then um, the wind kind of picked up, and it was, uh, I mean, the course is pretty hilly, um, about 6,000 feet of climbing, and uh, we were climbing straight into a headwind. So, I mean, if you fall apart and you're climbing and you add the headwind, um, <laughs> it just turned into a really long haul until I caught that tailwind going back into town. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it brings to, I mean, obviously there was some accumulative fatigue involved here from racing just a month ago, but like, how did, did you feel like you you had, I mean, I know you gave it everything you had, but like mentally, where did you feel like you were? Um, I thought I was there mentally. I mean, I was, I was prepared to dig deep and, um, I I mean, for example, like Coeur d'Alene, I kind of knew like, man, this is going to be a long day. Like three-fourths of the way through the bike and I mean I knew like I wasn't having the day I wanted but um I mean I I give myself credit for just continuing on with the day because it it would be so easy to give up and I mean I kind of knew I was out of contention um early on in the run and I mean I just kept telling myself just try to hold eight minute pace which is not my normal pace i mean it's pretty slow but i mean i knew that anything could happen throughout the day so i mean i gave it my all and um kind of just shuffled through the run and um wasn't good enough but i mean i I give myself props for just finishing that race i mean i was hurting pretty bad yeah uh i can only imagine yeah uh you know but i think that too you know a lot of people don't think about and i guess maybe it wasn't a factor for you but uh you know the mental side of racing again you know trying to qualify just a month later so much out of you and yeah i mean turning around another ironman four weeks later i mean it is tough so i mean yeah i mean to answer your question i probably wasn't a hundred percent mentally prepared like how i was going into canada right but um you know i think that motivation and the ability to dig deep i mean i think you only have so many times really that you can do that um you know potentially even in your lifetime but especially in a short period of time and even though you may be motivated like the difference between uh that and you know a month ago i I bet it was it was different for sure and uh you know to as we've talked about with how challenging it is to qualify these days uh you know, I'd be surprised if, uh, if that wasn't a factor, uh, as well, you know, and, uh, something that, you know, those, especially those people that love to race, you know, I don't want to say every weekend, although do know people that do that, but, uh, you know, when you're planning your, your race schedule, I think that, uh, that's really something important to, uh, to think about as well, because you need that mental break as well. Yep. Especially for Ironman. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you, and I, I fully believe that if you have intentions of qualifying for Kona, you have to go in to that race a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, if you show any weakness, I mean, it's getting so competitive that you, people are going to catch you and you, I mean, they're going to beat you. You got to have your A game. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Mental, especially for an Ironman is just so critical. So, um, cool. But oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, no regrets. I mean, it was, it was the last, 
race of the season that qualified for this year's Kona. So I wanted to give it a try for you. And, um, I mean, I am bummed. Everyone's asking me. I, I'm disappointed. But, I mean, I'm you, glad you I tried. You know you'd be lying if you weren't, man. Yep. So we're disappointed, too. Definitely bummed. But uh, all you can do is try, you know. And uh, definitely appreciate you. Obviously, that wasn't part of the game plan to do two Ironmans in a month. So, um, <laughs> could well, though be a little bit of a blessing in disguise if you had to race again oh, in another gosh. five weeks here. Huh? I could not imagine <laughs> racing another time. <laughs> so we'll take the positive out of it on that, you know. Yep. Um, but um, I was talking to people, and I think we talked about it real quick, but just real quickly on the Coeur d'Alene as a venue, recommend that one or what? Oh, highly recommend. Um, I actually really want to go back there someday. Um, maybe not next year, but I mean, it, yeah, I, yeah, hear, I mean, I this was my second support. time racing there, and I mean, the crowd support's amazing. Yeah. Um, the weather has been pretty good both the years I've done it. Yeah, um, can get kind of hot, but yeah, it got insanely hot last year. But they've moved when <laughs> yeah. the race is right. That was an early season June race, and now it's not anymore. So um, that's a factor, but. Uh, but yeah, and they changed the run course, so now it's uh, so it used to be two loops, and now it's three, and so they took out one of the big hills that um, oh, really? the run course used to be known for. So, I mean, it has potential to be a pretty fast run course. I mean, it's there was no significant climbs, which is one of the reasons why I think I was able to somewhat survive and shuffle my way through that run. Yeah, cool. Right on, buddy. Well, uh, again, congrats. Uh, I know you're not a big fan of the completion and uh, getting your Ironman medal, but it's still commendable, and you should be proud of yourself. Yep. Thanks, ma'am. Cool. All right, so now we're going to move on to our guest here. All right, so we are here with our guest, Emily Lanter, and formerly uh, Ewer, so uh, related to my mother, it seems like. We're going to dig into that after here. We were just talking prior to the interview. So we're going to jump into that offline. But uh, excited to have you on, Emily. Thank you very much for taking the time. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So let's let's kick it off by you just telling us a little bit about, you know, how old you are. Uh, you've got one very fascinating fact we're definitely going to talk to about a little bit. And, like, you know, how you got into the sport. Ironmans you've done, kind of stuff like that. Anything you want to give us on that front? Sure. I always find it fascinating how other age groups, uh, other age groupers get into the sport. So um, I'll give you the quick Cliff Notes version. I got fat in college like everybody does. I was a three-sport athlete in high school, volleyball, basketball, track, uh, played basketball in college, and um, decided that was way too structured. So I left my basketball scholarship and ended up um, going and becoming a ski bum and actually okay. did some pro skiing and all that for a little wow. bit in, in college. So, um, and what school did you go to? There was a, what was that? What school did you go to? Sorry. Um, oh, I, I went to Weber State University Weber in State. Utah. Weber State. Yeah, I know that one. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So um, good good place to be if you want to be a ski bum. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so anyway, post, uh, post 
real life job, I decided to run a marathon and I qualified for Boston on my first marathon with like no training. I had no idea what I was doing. I won't even tell you what I was wearing or eating because it's so horrifying. But um, <laughs> anyway, and so I did that and I was like, huh, maybe I have some endurance in me. So um, growing up, my dad was actually a pro, um, a pro cyclist. So wow. um my brother and I would spend weekends like sitting on the curb because my parents were divorced. So on dad weekends, we would spectate bike races. So <laughs> he was like, you know, you need to get into this uh, biking thing. So I picked up a bike and, you know, I did a little bike racing in um, post-college and I was like, oh, I'm pretty decent at this. So I'm going to do an Ironman. So I've never done a triathlon. I signed up for Ironman Arizona 2009 and I, uh, ended up on the podium. So I was like, Come oh, that's on. great. Wow. The bucket list thing, um, I'm done. And uh, so my professional background is in medical device sales. So I was working for a company called Medtronic, um, selling deep brain stimulators, which is um, a very fascinating job, but it's really <laughs> high pressured, a lot of hours, travel, all that. So um, Ironman was really just a hobby for me. And I um, was lucky enough to win my age group at Ironman St. George in 2011 um, and got to go to Kona for the first time and finished 12th in my age group there. So again, that was on really minimal training. I mean, 10 to 15 hours a week max, uh, you know, working 80 hours a week is not conducive to wow. triathlon success. So um, after Kona, I retired from Ironman racing, focused on my job. And then in, um, 2014, I found out I was pregnant and I had this, I had a baby. Um, and you know, I think any, obviously you guys are guys, so, um, <laughs> you're lucky enough. You'll never have to face this dilemma, but I did not know what to do with myself. I had this newborn and I wasn't sure if I wanted to go back to, you know, this corporate demanding job. Um, so my husband was like, well, you're still on maternity leave. Why don't you train, you know, devote this time to training and see what happens. So, um, I was 33 at the time, I was 32 at the time. I'm 34 now. And, um, so I had a pretty severe case of, um, postpartum blues, if you will. Mm -hmm. So the, I, I decided to sign up for Ironman Arizona. My baby was born in March and I couldn't walk actually for two months after she was born because it's a really bad delivery situation. I'll spare you the details. But, <laughs> um, anyway, so I, uh, was, I had this newborn infant. So anybody that was kids can relate to trying to take care of a newborn and train for an Ironman was absolutely insanity, but, um, I was super motivated. So I was stay at home mom and, um, just trained every free second I could with some creative training thrown in there. I think my newborn only recognized the smell of sweat, like as her mother, because it was like feeder train, feeder train. So, um, Anyway, so luckily I, uh, so I did Ironman Arizona, um, on, you know, six months after she was born and was lucky enough to qualify for Kona. So, um, to me, I thought, well, that, that is a sign that I do not need to go back to corporate America yet. So I'm going to start a coaching business, do some medical device consulting and be a mom and, um, train. So, so last yeah. year I, yeah, you know, cause 
why not, right? That's awesome. But I, I think so, we need to we need to slow down for one second here. So you sure, just you just yeah. said that you had a child, you couldn't walk for two months, and then you qualified yeah. for Kona. At, did an Ironman for starters, uh, and qualified at six months. Correct. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was insanity, and I gotta say, I mean, I you know I was very active during my pregnancy, but um, you know the delivery was very complicated and and messy and terrible and surgery was involved and um anyway so yeah I couldn't walk I literally could not walk to the end of my driveway and back the first two months of her life so um if you're crazy like all of us are that made me even more determined I was like well then I better do something really epic as soon as I feel better so um the driving force in that was definitely um, you know, it's just, <laughs> I've got to do something. So I think that was really what drove me was just that to be in a place of everybody's come back from an injury or some major setback. And for me, that was a, a major mind blowing, life altering setback. Um, That's incredible. so I, you know, it made me even more motivated, if you will. Wow. So quick, quick side note that hopefully you'll, uh, my wife reminds me quite regularly. So actually, I, I don't know if you know, I, I have three children. I have a uh, three, I saw that, three and a yeah. half, and now our our youngest is uh, will be seven weeks uh, tomorrow at the point of this airing. So, oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's crazy. But uh, she always talks about uh, the pain of delivery. So uh, <laughs> just tell me how much more painful delivery was than any Ironman you've done so that uh, it'll make my wife happy here. <laughs> oh my gosh, your wife is not going to like me very much because I <laughs> truly was like, I was like, I this is it. I've had races worse than this. I'm like, that's it. That's that's it. Like, you don't even know how badly I've suffered in races. So, I mean, in races, there's no drugs, you know. So, yeah. um, all right. Well, me, my my wife the, did it without an epidural, so uh, maybe that was it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Okay, yeah. uh, man, I was She's trying. I was trying to I throw am. my wife a bone there, but uh, that's all right. I, I appreciate the honest answer. <laughs> yeah, so I guess yeah, no. pregnancy isn't that bad. <laughs> oh, pregnancy—that's a whole different topic. Pregnancy is a whole different topic. That's the worst. That's worse than Iron Man for sure. Yeah, okay. The delivery, not that bad. Pregnancy, way worse than Iron Man. So, you know, that's uh, that part. You're definitely spot on yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, so cool. I really, like, I got to say, I don't know, upon reflection, when I look back at that time, um, you know, I, I really think there are so many new moms out there, you know, that you, that before having a child were competitive triathletes, or maybe, you know, you're, you're just, and you've done a triathlon, or you're interested in it, or something, and then, they, you know, either have a kid and think, oh, I can't get back into it, mm-hmm. or whatever, but I, I promise, I came back. Uh, stronger and more motivated and way more tired but it can be done yeah. so I'm, I'm I live to tell the tale <laughs> absolutely that's amazing so and sorry Elliot you can certainly jump in anytime but I, I'd like to take a few minutes you know to speak to our moms or potential moms out here and let's let's hear some maybe some secrets or some advice you have for um, you know new moms or, or people that uh, are <laughs> breastfeeding and training like what oh, kind of what, what kind yeah. of tips and stuff like that yeah. do you have for people well I will say the first thing is is throw all sense of like normalcy out the window like any expectations you have like any like you know 
any any plan for a normal <laughs> life, you have to just kind of uh, eliminate what your definition of normal is. Um, so, and what I mean by that is just that you, it really depends on what kind of child you have. I had a really difficult baby um, who didn't sleep very much and was kind of fussy. Um, so my husband and I actually broke down and hired help. So we had a, a babysitter come in, um, even though I was still breastfeeding, so she would kind of try to soothe the baby yeah. for a couple hours during the day, so um, which was so yeah. helpful. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, it was, it was a must. Um, so, you know, there's a lot to be said for, unfortunately, the not fun tools of training. The, uh, the trainer and the treadmill mm-hmm. um, become your best friends. So I spent a lot of time on those. Just, as you know, those, like, maximize. Everything was built around, like, getting your maximum out. If you have no time because mm-hmm. you've got to feed them, you know, every two hours. So every, literally, if I wasn't breastfeeding, I was training. So um, it was exhausting, and I just looked at, like, the time that I was sitting down um, as rest. Uh, I know there's some concerns out there, you know, with, I know even amongst my girlfriends and such that, oh, training too hard can affect, you know, um, your milk supply and stuff like, like that. Like your or, uh, yeah. milk supply or whatever. Right. But for me, I it, that wasn't really an issue. I think um, I just, yeah, I just ate a lot of food. So <laughs> I think that was the secret, honestly. So um, <laughs> top three tips in, in surviving uh, training and balancing that all with a newborn is get used to being really exhausted, which I will say has made me a better triathlete in the long run now. It's really paying off now. Um, and just really maximizing time, you know, using, get, giving up those lovely, like, five-hour rides by yourself, you know, and instead doing a lot of intensity sessions on the trainer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and truly just knowing when to have, when to call it, you know, if you, if you have the means or the support, you know, call a friend, call a babysitter or something just to give you the rest time that you need or just, the, you know, a break because it's completely overwhelming, in my opinion. Some people have easier children. Mine was not so easy. So um, so really just, you know, being kind to yourself, maximizing, uh, you know, the equipment the best as best you can and eating a lot of food um, and resting when you can. Yeah, <laughs> sounds, sure. sounds simple, but it, you know. It really is simple, just yeah. survival. Sure. So what about, did you just not do much swimming, or how did you work any swimming in during that time? Well, if you looked at my, if you've looked at any of my swim times, you'll know that I clearly <laughs> do not spend very much time swimming. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I really, I, there was a daycare at my, uh, at our, like, rec center, so I did use that when I could, but I really was only able to swim maybe two times a week. Yeah. Um, so that has since changed, um, but in that, you know, first comeback race uh, last year for Arizona, it was definitely all about, I'm sorry, in, in 14, it was all about just doing what you can and, you know, hoping that the rest of your fitness will carry you through. Yeah, sure. That's very cool. Wow, and I'm I'm looking at your Ironman Arizona splits from last year, and you you rode five hours flat. That is amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I was. Um, you know, I'll I have to say about that race specifically. Um, you know, my main goal last year was Kona, and um, well, I finished seventh in my age group. You know, second American. I was just 
definitely respectable. But, um, you know, we had, I mean, another mom tip. I brought my child to Kona with me and she, she was only a, a year, a little over a year old and she got the flu while we were Ooh. there. And then my babysitter got the flu and I got the flu like four days before the race. So no excuses, uh. but, um, future travel t- tip to any key race don't take your child if you can help it um (laughs) anyway arizona was definitely my revenge for my kona race um so uh and and to to be totally honest my i went into arizona with no expectations and no i didn't even wear a garmin or use a heart rate monitor or have a power meter i completely raced that all on field so cool yeah so, uh, yeah, yeah, well, uh, I guess, uh, sidetrack there, uh, we're actually, our two older boys are planning to stay home, but my wife and I are going to go to Kona this year and we're planning to bring the, uh, the newborn here. So, um, yeah, the newborns are kind of unavoidable. You have yeah, to bring them, exactly. but anything, anything, you know, over a year, leave them at home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We decided, uh, you know, so we were thinking about, I really would like to bring the whole family in a way, but, uh. We were thinking about, you know, the fact that we'd have my three and a half year old would have his own seat on the plane, you know, which is usually two two trips oh. or two flights, but they're each about six hours each. And then I'd oh, have, yeah. you know, my 18 month old would be on my lap and then the six week old would be on my wife's lap. And uh, that would be uh, quite an experience. So um, decided that would to, be uh, worse than Kona. That would <laughs> yeah. be worse than the Ironman. Actually, I would definitely agree with that. Yeah, <laughs> be pretty pretty crazy. So uh, yeah, we've decided just the uh, the newborn's gonna come, but uh, <laughs> it's good, definitely challenging. Challenging, even with that, uh, traveling with the children is is not easy. <laughs> no. No, there should be a, there should be, they should teach that in parenting classes, but they don't. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. So, Elliot, you know all about that, right? I know nothing about that, but (laughs) apparently I need to have a kid to get fast like you guys. (laughs) (laughs) I will say, Elliot, and and Colin, you can probably relate to this, um, you know, pre-baby, I I had such a, you know, again, like, great job, high, high stress job, you know, corporate um, I was on call 24-7. I mean, I was literally in brain surgery on Christmas Eve, um, and, and I thought that was stressful, but truly, like, having children is way harder than having a, a job, in my in my opinion. Um, so just because it's something that's, uh, you know, so much harder to get right, I think, and you can't just turn it off at the end of the day. Um, And so in having a child and how it makes you faster, in my opinion, is just that, you know, you really manage your time well and your workouts, you really put value into them. So if I'm choosing to spend time away from my child, I make sure and really work hard. There's no, um, there's really no gray area for me. I'm either all in or I'm, or I'm not, or I'm not training. So um, my sessions have become much much more focused and I'm much more driven and more um, more organized than I ever was before I had a kid and I think that's really the main thing that helped me um, have such great yeah, success. 15 and Absolutely. 16 so far. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, as I as I openly say, you know, I I love my kids to death, but I I wouldn't, you know, my my, my wife is a stay at home, and uh, you know, I wouldn't trade jobs with her. That's what I say. Um, you know, no. no doubt. You know, it's uh, 
a lot easier to get on the road or be doing work and things than to be uh, managing, uh, especially three now, uh, all day and, and all night at times. She so. deserves the medal. She does. Sure. <laughs> no doubt about it. No doubt about it. So, um, but uh, very impressive. And, uh, you know, I think that also it's, you know, just having the, the mental strength and things and, and knowing that you're, you're able to continue to do things. I think that some people just say, oh, you know, I have to, you know, tend to my child and there's, there's nothing, you know, I can't, there's no time for me to train and stuff like that. But if we have the motivation and the will to, to do that, you know, I think that, you know, whenever we, when there's a will, there's a way, right. You know, and so um, clearly, clearly you're proving that. So that's very cool. Well, thank you. (laughs) I like to say, uh, the dream is free, but the hustle comes separately. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of dreams dreamers out there but you know you gotta you gotta buy the whole package unfortunately to really get it done so um so yeah and it sounds like you guys have both embraced that as well yeah no absolutely yeah for sure um so let's talk about uh your husband real quick here so he's obviously supportive of your triathlon career huh huh yes he is a saint um, I think he's actually a candidate for sainthood, you know, soon in the near future. Um, I, I really believe this sport is not possible without a support team, just emotionally, physically, financially. It, it's just way too hard to to take on by yourself unless you're, you know, a single trust funder or something. It's just I don't, I don't know a situation yeah. that it would be capable of uh, really getting yourself, you know, successfully through an Ironman training cycle, let alone a race or anything like that without them. So I have to give a huge shout out to him. Um, one thing that sets him apart, in my opinion, is just that he is a former, um, he played uh, D1 college basketball. So he's an athlete. Um, you know, he's retired from super competitive racing, but he, his new outlet is he, uh, he's CEO of his own company and to him, that's his Ironman. So we both Mm -hmm. respect what each other is trying to accomplish. And, um, so, you know, that's really important without him and his support, you know, and his help with the family and all that. I, I don't, I know for sure it wouldn't be possible to, you know, achieve the results I have so far. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I mean, I think just for listeners, you know, if you're maybe somebody that's considering doing an Ironman or whatnot, you know, ask your family first and make sure that they're on board with it. Um, Cause I've unfortunately Absolutely. dealt with, you know, some clients that uh, maybe didn't get that approval and, you know, you can see the struggle and obviously, you know, triathlon's not about adding stress to your life. And, you know, there's, there's certainly going to be stresses put on by the workload and the things and you got to manage that and it's all part of the journey, but you have to make sure you've got the support from your family. Um, and uh if you don't it's just it's tough and i think the the mental suck from that is uh is very very tough um but at the same time when you've got the support it just makes it that much more uh satisfying you know and uh uh, yeah. This past weekend, you know, Timberman and, and Ironman Mount Tremblant, you know, are a couple close races to me on the East Coast here. So I had a lot of my athletes racing and like, you know, some of my actually I just talked to one of my clients today for the first time after Ironman Tremblant, which was her first. And, you know, she was saying how so it I don't know if you noticed it, it torrentially downpour there most of the oh race. Oh, my gosh. And it was yeah, crazy. Yeah, miserable. <laughs> yeah. And she was saying how, you know, she told her family, and especially there, there's the village, so it's all real close, and you could just, you could have just stayed in the hotel the whole time and, you know, maybe popped out at the finish, but she said her whole family was out there, saw her for this, you know, each loop of the bike, and then the whole time they're out there on the run and stuff like that, and, you know, they end up having a good time, but, um, 
it's really cool to see, you know, when the family gets involved, and I think it, that's what really makes it gratifying. So Absolutely. You know, I think it, it, um, it really, from our, from our personal experience, we, we really approach it as a team, my husband and I. So I always um, put, you know, him and the baby, and we actually, we have four children um, total. So my husband had three from a previous marriage. So we are a complete uh, large family. <laughs> Luckily, the other three are older, so they don't live with us. They're okay. kind of scattered out in college Still. and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but they are part of the process, too. You know, they were in Kona last year, and they were at Arizona. And, um, you know, we really try, we have a conversation before I ever sign up for any race, you know, does this work for your schedule? Like, how does this training cycle look for you? What do you have on your work plate? So, um, you know, really making sure that it fits with um, with what we're doing. It's, you know, that's the most important part, I think, is just really having to, you know, I, I found myself having learning that you have to be a little more selfless with your um you know, even your race choices and the travel venue, venue and the finances involved, you know, just to make, so I've, I've definitely become more sacrificial, but it's paid off, um, tenfold because we're, we're both happy. It's a decision we make together versus, you know, here's what I race I want to do and you better show up and support me, <laughs> right. you know, yeah. here's so, what's, here's um, the races exactly. kind of learning how to navigate that has been, <laughs> been a key. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. That's a, that's a great point. Um, something I truthfully need to try and improve on. It's, it's interesting. My wife and I, like I am a beyond planner. I really just am so busy. I really have no choice, but to be that way where my wife likes to kind of just do things, you know, uh, Oh, you want to go to this today? Great. You know? And, uh, unfortunately there's times when I'm like, sorry, sweetie, you know, I've got (laughs) this, this, and this, and a bunch of things to do. Um, and I really like that approach of saying, all right, you know, I mean, I, I always do talk to her about which races I'm going to do, but, uh, um, being able to, to talk about when there's going to be big training and stuff like that. I think that's a, that's a great idea. Good advice. Yeah. We really get a calendar out and we say, okay. And then, you know, the other thing that we often fail to account for and I, and I, have learned on this so much too. It's just that the fatigue and the mental state you're going to be in. So I know right now, September, I am going to be very fragile in sense, in the sense that I'm going to be tired. I'm not going to have a lot of energy. I don't want to do, you know, the level of socializing and entertaining that I would throughout the rest of the year because I'm prepping for, for Kona. And, um, So, you know, but we were aware of this back in January, you know, when we talked about our schedule for the year. So um, we really, you know, it's it's such a relief to know, like, we kind of have planned out. We did fulfill a lot of our social obligations or, you know, not that we don't still socialize, but just we've really pared it down because I can't handle it. Yeah, sure. No, that's very smart. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, sorry, and um, I'm not sure we picked up on or hit it but you grew up in utah as well and you're in utah now right um so yes so i am from utah and from park city um and i'm currently sitting in park city in the mountains right now um my husband is from st louis and we actually met on a ski trip in park city so we um right now we split time between utah and missouri um okay so that's kind of interesting, <laughs> but he, he works remotely and so do I. So, um, you know, and we've made, I've been able to make the training work in both places and he's been able to make his job work in both places. So, uh, I am a, a nomad, if you will. <laughs> gotcha. So, 
that I call Utah home. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. So what about, um, how's the triathlon community in those two areas, and, like, how much training do you like to do with others? I mean, obviously, with children, uh, that makes it even harder to do, and obviously when you were um, had the newborn, you know, that was pretty much non-existent, I'm sure, but uh, how much how much do you, involvement do you have with, with triathlon clubs and, and other people? Yeah, so I, um, I'm i part of, uh, I actually, my coach is Matt Dixon of Purple oh, okay. Patch Fitness. Cool, yeah. Um, so he's fantastic. So I was able to spend um, a week at a training camp in South Carolina with them just two weeks ago. So that was great. Um, so that was, a, you know, a, that was, a I would say, a rare occurrence for me. Typically, I'd say I train alone 80% of the time, um, just not only because I have kids, but also just schedule-wise, you know, um, I, I kind of have to, you have to go when you have the free time, so um, a lot of the times that means riding five, six hours by yourself, but if you can do it from noon to six or whatever, if, if, you, if the day opens up somehow, then you just got to do it, so um, I would love to be able to spend more time, uh, you know, with Purple Patch, or, um, you know, I've got some great training partners here in Park City, that I get to see. Um, St. Louis is not so much a endurance um, sports mecca, but yeah. uh, so I train alone there. The compu trainer and I are best friends. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, you know, I say I'm a kind of one of those solo solo people. So I spend a lot of time with myself. So if I over talk, just know that I probably I swam for a long time by myself <laughs> today. So. <laughs> uh, nice. Do you spend a lot of your time on the on the bike trainer versus uh, on the road or? I do, yeah, yeah. So I'd say I ride eighty percent of the time on my compu trainer. And, wow. and so is that? Yeah. Is that because you feel that it's optimizing your time and you're getting more out of your workouts, or just because you you want to be at home and things, or a combination probably? But um, what's your, what's yeah, your it, logic it, behind it's that? It's definitely a combination of the two. Um, I have, uh, you know, it, when given the choice, I I mean, it's so beautiful here, and you. Yeah, it's so beautiful here in Utah. So if I ever could, if I ever can, I want to get outside and ride. Um, but you know, just with schedule and and whatnot, it's it's so much easier to go get some really valuable, painful workouts in. I spend a lot. I do a lot of three-hour rides with a lot of intensity indoors, which I um, really attribute to my success on the bike this yeah. year. Um, so while it's not the funnest, most glamorous thing, it's definitely getting Efficient. the job done. So right, embrace right. the trainer, you know, it would be my other tip. Absolutely. That's a good point. Uh, also, a heck of a lot safer. Uh, don't have to worry about getting hit by days. cars. And, geez, it's getting only getting worse. So uh, certainly understandable. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that was a good question. Elliot, you got any more? Or? You ready for Kona, Emily? Well, is anyone ever ready? You know, um, I. Actually, <laughs> well, I'm looking at I'm looking at your bike splits in there. Like, I mean, so I mean, I'll read off uh, all your. Uh, I mean, all your PRs um, for our audience. So, a 9:45 Ironman. I mean, that is incredible. And uh, 4:33 half Ironman this year at Boulder. I mean, you're winning your age group every single time. That's. I mean, that's pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I have, um, it. you know, I just, the, the main thing I want to be really transparent about is that it, it is so not easy. You know, people say, oh, you know, you won another race 
this year? Like, are you sick of winning? And I was like, no, you don't understand how many, how much tears and pain. And like, there are a lot of days that I really don't want to get in the pool, you know, like, but I choose to do that because I'm driven um, to be the best I can in this sport right now. You know, that's, that's, that's my goal. So, um, so to be clear, I mean, it's, it is not, I, I have a hard time with um, a lot of triathletes that ask like, oh, I don't train that much or, oh, it just comes naturally easy to me or, you know, if it does, great, but I am not one of those people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I hurt a lot and I cry a lot and I throw up a lot. And uh, <laughs> so, you know, but it, it, it's all because I want to be better. And um, I think that the only way to get better is through hard work. There really isn't any you know, magic formula. It's really, truly just like determination and, and consistency, it out, right? you know, yep, exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. a, that's a great point that, uh, is e- easily overlooked by some people that think, you know, Oh yeah, I can just sign up and I can do this. And, uh, you know, there's a reason you see those same people up towards the top often. And it's, they're the people that are really, truly putting in the work. So, um, but that's awesome. So, um, you're, we know you're ready, but uh, so do you have what? Uh, and geez, we're we're putting you on the spot here, but uh, do you have any specific goals sure. for Kona? Um, you know, I will. I have no problem being specific about goals. So last year, my you. goal was the podium in Kona, um, and you know, I just barely missed that, and uh, I, it was the best race I could have had on the day. You know, so yep. I wasn't upset about it. It was just not quite my day um but i would like to claim a podium spot obviously the first one if you know if if that's what's in the cards for me um i i think i'm capable of those you know one of those podium spots for sure and um really you know i think the thing about kona is it is uh it is a challenging race and i think that there is something to be said for just um you know, you kind of have to let the, this sounds cheesy, but I, I've learned my, this will be my third trip over there, just that you almost have to just uh, let the island kind of do its thing and not try to force mm-hmm. anything. So, I, you know, I'm not going to say I want to, you know, I have specific time goals in my head, but to say that those are achievable is really just kind of tempting nature. You know, I could yeah. go 12 hours and win my age group in Kona, you know, depending on what happens if there's, as you guys know from just this past weekend even, you know, there could be an epic windstorm or heat or, you know, there's just so much uh, nature that we can't predict. So um, I think it's, it really comes down to do I feel mentally tough enough and ready to handle whatever comes my way? Absolutely, you know. And as far as time goals, I, I think that I'm faster than I was in my last Ironman. So um, you know, if I can beat my Arizona time, that would be great. I would love to do that. But uh, I also recognize that time is not necessarily the indicator of where you place. So, that's um, very, very that's well. So true. Yeah, extremely well said. <laughs> yeah. You know, I you gotta think let that, the time goals go out the window when it comes to Kona. Yeah. Well, I mean, I could argue that pretty much anywhere. You know, you, you obviously you just have to be able to adapt and be willing that you know, the conditions are out of our control and you have to recognize those and be able to adapt. Um, because if you don't, you're totally. asking for a lot of trouble. <laughs> so totally. And you know, the one thing too, that, um, having spent so much time, you know, in the last year and a half around, uh, you know, talking to more triathletes and such is that I think people get really attached to, um, devices, you know, power and, 
out, you know, but, and to me, I've never raced with power. I've never raced with a heart rate. I, I rarely wear a Garmin. And the reason why is, um, I go by feel and I'm in the race to win. I'm racing the race. I'm not racing what my numbers said in training. I'm not racing to hit best watts ever because, you know, it, I could hit my best watts ever and still miss the race and still not finish where I want to finish. So to me, you know, my advice, uh, you know, if you're truly in it for to win, if you're, you know, you want to be competitive, sometimes you have to take the risk and just really go by feel and trust your training and, you know, watch what's happening in the race and with the weather and, and leave all the, the other metrics and the gadgets behind. Yep, absolutely. Um, I mean, so, as far as like, so your coach, Matt Dixon, I mean, is he on board with that? Is, I mean, does he agree with that kind of training as well? Yeah, you know, so Matt is, um, you know, we could talk about Matt for days. He's like the smartest person I've ever met. Yep. It's almost <laughs> terrifying um, how smart he is. So we, we don't do... Um, we don't do anything. He and I get along so well. When I when he interviewed me in May to see if he would be willing to take me on, um, I was like, I have to tell you, I don't even own a heart rate monitor. And he said, you and I are going to get along just fine then. Um, wow. So we do a lot of work, you know, by feel. So, you know, it, it'll say, like, very hard. And, and he knows if he tells me very hard, like, I'm, pro- I'm going to throw up at the end, you know. So, um <laughs> I think that there's, you know, I, I don't know if that, that works for everyone. Some people need a, a number, and that's totally fine. For me personally, what works better is, you know, we this go-by-feel approach. You know, Matt will say, hey, I want, this is an endurance-based ride, but I want you to spend, you know, an hour of it at Ironman pace. Well, I know what that feels like. Do I know? I have a rough guess as far as what my watts are but Mm -hmm. really that's that's a feeling you know how do you feel when you're racing Ironman and I really try to put myself mentally there and then let the you know let it take care of itself right yeah yeah no that's such a good point the only thing that's that's very interesting it is I from a coaching perspective my only concern is like I'm all for going by feel but like I want to see that data afterwards and see what it resulted in sure Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it, I'm not saying that I don't look at that or, you know, yeah, sure, afterwards. Sure. I totally do. Uh, and I definitely, you know, perfect example yesterday, um, you know, I had a three hour uh, endurance bike ride with some sustained Ironman and half Ironman efforts in there. And during those efforts, you know, I was definitely checking, you know, am I above X amount of watts, you know, not like I'm staring at it the whole time that I was like, this feels hard. Is it hard enough? Yes. Okay, good. You know, just, just checking in. But, um, but I really do try to just nail that feeling down because you never know too on race day, you could be, you know, your Garmin could die. You could, your heart, your power. So you can't become too dependent. You got to know what that feels like. So afterwards, I definitely look at it and, um, and usually my guess on what it feels is, is right. And I think, you guys would probably relate to that too. You know, it's like, you know, when you're running slow and you know, when you're running fast and, you know, it's nice to have that validation after, but how that feels is, um, important too. No doubt. Now, I mean, an example of that for me, uh, did the Florida 70.3 earlier this year and my power meter shit to bed the day before. And so I raced, uh, you know, without power and, uh, I had my fastest bike split ever for half. So, um you know it's see i told you you gotta just yeah just go free you know yeah free no, yourself. There's, there's definitely some truth to that absolutely so 
um, some sound advice, you know, as long as you, you have the, the abilities to, you know, to maintain and, and be able to stay within yourself is I think the key with that. But absolutely, when you've got the, the competitiveness, like somebody like yourself, I think that that, uh, plays a huge factor in your abilities to do so well with that. So, right. And I would say, you know, for, I definitely think, you know, for if we're beginner, um, you know, or for people that don't have as much experience in the sport, I think those tools are so helpful mm-hmm. and uh, the great way to measure improvement. I mean, everyone wants to make sure they're getting better and their time out there isn't wasted. So there's for sure a place for that. I think just for me personally, um, you know, I, I like kind of like pain. So, you know, when it says hard, I'm like, okay, good. Like, let's make this really hard. And I know how that sounds. I'm totally demented. I'm, I'm aware of that. <laughs> the three of us wouldn't be having this conversation if we weren't all a little bit demented. So, uh, no, no, I know. At there. least there's other people in the world like us, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Um, let's see here. Ellie, you got anything else? Yeah, I have a I have a question. Um, so so you did Kona last year, and then you turned it around in five weeks and raced Arizona and won your age group. Um, yeah. So I guess this is. Uh, She's showing you up, Elliot. Huh? Is that where you're yeah, going with so us? Yeah. I did I did Canada uh, <laughs> last month, and I tried to turn it around in four weeks and uh, race Coeur What tips would you give? to recover from for your second Ironman in such a short time frame yeah that's a great question um so I feel like that was something that I definitely did right I don't do a lot of things right but that was something (laughs) I did right um so basically the the week after Kona was just like recovery you know take little walks you know how it is after a race like eat your face yeah. off, eat as mm-hmm. much as you can. I mean, I ate and ate and ate because I knew that I was going to need the calories, not only to fix what I'd done to myself, but also to prepare for the next round. Um, and when I say eat, I mean, I'm not eating burgers and fries every day, you know, making healthy choices, but definitely eating a lot of food was mm-hmm. um, key. So that first week was really just about um, just recovery, you know, and then the second week, uh, week two, I uh, was just easing back into training, similar to like a taper week, you know, that you would take. Mm-hmm. So maybe like a 50 percent, 25, 25 to 50% training load, um, you know, just a little bit of intensity, but nothing crazy just to get the body moving again. Um, and then the third week was uh, a typical Ironman training week. So I did one, you know, long ride of I think like five hours and an intense ride, you know, a track session, uh, a long run. And, and to touch on the long run real quick, um, you know, a lot of the, there's a lot of theories out there about, um, you know, the 20 miler and all that and preparing for Ironman and, and what, um, you know, what I really learned from purple patches that we, we break up our long runs. So for me, I would do, I did, like a 10 mile run or, you know, in the morning and then a 10, uh, 10 mile run in the afternoon. So, um, I'm still getting the benefit of that longer endurance run, firing those engines, kind of, you know, getting the tapping into the stores that were there and not losing anything. Um, but not beating myself up so much that I couldn't race a marathon a week later. Um, so that was week three. And then the last week was really just a, another taper week. And, um, I just really paid attention to all of the typical recovery things, you know, food, sleep, um, 
a lot of uh, like chiropractic massage, just taking care of yourself, you know, using common sense, not and not doing anything, not not overextending. And if anything hurt, I backed off. But I, I think that's a good kind of framework. So one week of recovery, one week of build, one week regular training, and then one week of taper. And you've already got the fitness that's really just maintaining it and mm-hmm. keeping the body, um, you know, the blood flowing and the body reminding it of what it's, uh, you know, what it's about to do again. Um, and, and I think it's apart from that physical side, so that's the physical side of it, the mental side of it, as you can definitely relate to this, is the turnaround. Is you really got to put your – I think you have to be mentally ready to hurt again that quickly. You know, mm-hmm. some sometimes I've raced and thought, you know, that was – that one left a mark and I am not going to be ready to hurt again for a while, you know, and that's okay. But I left Kona and I was like, no, I'm still pissed. And I'm, and I want, and I can do better than I did. And so that was mentally helped me be ready. I don't think you should ever line up for the starting line of Ironman, you know, a month out from each other, you know, four or five weeks out from each other. If you're not mentally prepared to go to the pain cave again, it's just a, you know, a waste of time. Yeah, that's a great point. We actually, yep, I agree. we did a little recap of Elliot's race before we had you join, and uh, that was kind of one of the things we talked about as well. So, uh, absolutely, couldn't agree more. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, and I commend anyone who, who I mean, Elliot, that's that's an, an incredible feat because having done it, like, it's it's really not easy to no. get yourself psyched up for ten more yeah. hours. I mean, of pain, I, you know, I was telling Colin, I mean, it it was. I mean, it's so hard to get yourself 100% like mentally prepared again to just suffer out there. And right. you can say it in your head over and over and over again. But, I mean, I just think four weeks is just – it was tough for me. I had, a, I had a really hard time. And, I I mean, I did a ton of visualization beforehand and um, did my best to prepare. But I don't know. I think deep down I just – I wasn't 100% mentally prepared again. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's the biggest factor. I don't think it's the fitness. You know, anybody who's contemplating it, you're already fit. You know, you don't need to get any fitter. You need to just like preserve what you have. It's so mental, and you're completely right. I don't. I think you know, if you were to attempt it again, if I'm going to attempt it again, I really want want to look at myself long and hard in the mirror and say, okay, you know, are you ready to are you ready to go there? Because if you're not, you know, it's it is a long day. (laughs) Either way. Very well said. That's great. Um, cool. So we've been going at it pretty good. I think it's probably about a good time to to cut it off here. But uh, wow, um, I thought that went uh, extremely well and was extremely insightful. And uh, I think everybody's going to really appreciate listening to that. So uh, thank you very much, Emily. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you guys, and it's um, a pleasure getting to know you uh, on the phone, and hopefully I'll see you out on the race course, um, Colin in Kona and Elliot in Arizona. Is that right? Yep. Are you doing Arizona again? I am, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm wow. registered. Yeah. Please there don't me. <laughs> so we'll, uh, <laughs> okay, I'll give you yeah. some good we'll, – we'll have some good incentive to, uh, to chase each other around. <laughs> okay. Deal. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me, you guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah, our pleasure. Thank you, Emily. Uh, so thanks.